Welcome to episode three of Mondays with Mark, the podcast from Impression Communications, putting the motive in automotive. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Hayley Powells of Avia Autos. Hello, Mark. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, now, in these podcasts, we've spoken to a motor factor and we've spoken to a component supplier, but not spoken to a garage yet. And one of the, obviously, the, the big questions around uh, coronavirus and how it's affected business, we want to sort of get across how it's affected your business as an independent garage, the steps you've had to um, take, the processes you've had to implement, and how you've actually felt about the whole sort of situation in the past, well, almost three months now. Well, the coronavirus as um, an obstacle within our industry, um, with careful planning um, policies and uh, getting that communicated to the rest of your team, is not insurmountable. Uh, cars, by their, cars by how they are, they're, they're naturally socially distant. So uh, we're in a 3,000 square foot workshop. Um, so this is something that we can accommodate um, with sensible measures. We are able to work. The real blow for us was when the MOT, uh, MOT scheme got extended for the um, six-month extension and the phone immediately just rang off the hook for people cancelling their appointments, cancelling their tests, cancelling services. And although the, I understand the purpose behind the MOT extension, I do think that there has been a misinterpretation in some way from the motorists as to what the extension was all about. That's that. That was quite a hammer blow, wasn't it, for our sector? And I guess independent garages felt it more than most, even though it is, you know, reverberates throughout the supply chain. But on the Monday, you're allowed to stay open because you're a critical business. And on the Wednesday, they take away one of the biggest drivers into your business, the MOT test. Well, I think the MOT test has been confused with roadworthiness for a long time by the modern motorist. And the modern motorist is now more divorced from the driving, uh, fr from the mechanical aspect of driving than they've ever been. Um, cars are so clever now that the motorist is, is cocooned within a very comfortable environment. And we can quite often see things that need repairing and the motorist is completely unaware um, I don't think this makes them bad people or bad motorists, but the whole industry now has taught the motorists to not concern themselves with looking underneath the car, with looking underneath the bonnet. You just have to look at the size of things like uh, the windscreen wash bottle. I mean, some windscreen wash bottles are designed, they're so big that they don't need to be refilled until the next annual service. So there's no motivation for the motorist to lift the bonnet in the first place. Um, when you then apply something like the MOT extension, uh, the motorist then will think, my car is good for the next six months. And really, the MOT extension, from my understanding, was if you were isolating, you then had um, and you, you couldn't park your vehicle off road. There was then no reason to take the car for test and you could continue to pay for your road fund license. But there was always the obligation for the motorist to make sure that their car was roadworthy and safe to use. And this, I think, is where the confusion stopped and it's been demonstrated by the 83% downturn in sales that we saw in the workshop immediately after the announcement of the MOT extension. And just take us through what you did as a business. Did you close? Did you stay open but in a um, furlough some staff? Um, what's, what sort of 
journey have you been on as a garage in the past uh, few months? It was always our original intention to protect our most vulnerable members of our team. Um, we had reduced demand anyway, so this was quite easy to put in place. Um, I've worked in highly infectious environments um, with my experience within the military, so I was able to draw on that experience and bring something within our work environment to reassure both my team and my cons- and my uh, clients and my suppliers that we were safe to deal with. Uh, but the hammer blow that was the MOT extension, and I think the misunderstanding that that has led to roadworthiness, um, it really, that, that started the slide uh, that I felt we couldn't recover from in that immediate time. And although it was our original intention to remain open uh, with no work at all, I, I was worried for my team that they would be exhausted with the uncertainty, with opening up every day, with nothing coming in. So we did make the decision to close entirely for three weeks over Easter. And we then had a soft opening. So we all came back in, we reevaluated, we didn't advertise for the first couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, we already had work that was um, stockpiling up uh, that we were able to bring in straight away and learn about our new processes before we started our marketing and PR in earnest. It's fascinating that I think the stats are three quarters of a million in April. Actually, three, quarter of a, of a, three quarters of a million vehicles in April had an MOT. I think a lot of motorists um, are, are very sensible and concerned uh, about their own safety and for the safety of people around them. And I think this is shown in the numbers of motorists who have elected to still come in to test despite the extension. It still does remain um, a very cost effective method of a general safety inspection of the car. And there are a couple of motorists who are concerned that there won't be the capacity when their extension runs out and they then won't be able to access a testing facility easily, which has been a a really interesting turn of events. Mm. I I monitor the traffic coming in through the um, website and MOT testing is normally one of our biggest hit rates coming through. So it's either the top spot or the second top spot. It it normally hangs around there. Um, It's now our third searched item. Our first searched item is four-wheel alignment, which surprised me. And our second searched item is oil change. And then our third is MOT testing. Uh, We have seen an increase of traffic through the website of 280% since April. And I think that really does demonstrate um, uh, an increase of interest of maintenance and repair for the vehicle, which surpasses just a need for MOT testing. That's fascinating. Uh, And just before we go on to the marketing side with those three weeks that you were closed you've obviously put in practices you've done things I note from one of your your own press releases that um, it's amazing that garages haven't sanitized vehicles beforehand. Um, Oh I know right I was I was in the (laughs) I was I was coming into work one morning and uh, we were on a dual carriageway that has a traffic light and, you know, the, the roads are getting busier. I like to look around and, and see what's going on. I, I've always got an interest of, of what cars are on the road, uh, especially this time of year. There's normally like a classic car or something interesting to look at. And I think I'm being 
a little bit more analytical because the more cars that are on the road, um, mm. th this is more reassuring for me as a business that I will perhaps be seeing more cars come in through the doors. And um, I started observing more and more motorist behavior. And it really does feel like um, they feel so safe within the car that this is this is uh, not two-way glass anymore. It's one-way glass. <laughs> and the number of people I noticed uh, scratching their faces, picking their teeth, their mouths, their noses, rubbing their eyes, and the hands go straight from upper nostril, finger from upper nostril, straight to the steering wheel. And the other interesting thing that I noticed that when people sneeze, when they're driving a car, they hold on to, they grip the sides of the steering wheel and sneeze all over the steering box. And I've been, I've been working in this industry for 15 years and I've never noticed that before. And I think this is something moving forward. We are always now going to wipe the steering box. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you think, I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a great point in, in terms of the, that you raise because are we now, as consumers, are we expectant of garages? Now, we've seen, and you and I are on the same uh, forums and groups that we that we see, we've seen garages go, uh, I think, further than most in various sectors in putting in place social distancing measures. So do your customers almost expect that that's going to be the case now? I had a wonderful compliment from a member of, uh, of, of my motorist groups, um, who came to us right at the height of uh, when lockdown was first announced and we were still operating. And I've always been very keen not to, not to make that uh, distinction that we're only open for key workers. Um, we've always been open for those who require essential travel. And I do think that this um, acknowledgement that there are a significant number of people who do need to make essential travel has gone unreported there are a significant number of people who have low immune systems, um, who are undergoing treatment for cancer. Um, you know, they're, they're fragile, um, they're at risk, but they still need to make essential travel. And the private motor car during this pandemic is going to be essential of keeping those people safe and get them to their treatment and their appointments. And um, as I, I know you know, we're all EV and hybrid qualified here. Mm -hmm. And one of my clients had this beautiful Mercedes, absolutely stunning. And um, it, was, it was only three years old. And he normally takes this car to the Mercedes garage. And he's always been very happy there. I've never interfered. I, you know, I, I've always thought that, you know, share the love. We, we don't have to have 100% of somebody's business. And he's always bought his older cars um, here uh, because he's, a, he's an enthusiast. And um, I couldn't help it. I asked why he brought the Mercedes in. And it was a stunning car to have in. And he said, I had absolute faith that you would have um, procedures and policies in place and that I could bring my car here and I would feel safe. And for me, that was such a compliment that our motorists understand our way of working and knew that during this such a changeable time, that they could put their trust in us to keep them safe. I think it's commendable because you have no doubt invested in having to put things in place. I know that you use the WAI vehicle sanitizer kit. I know that you've put in place various different measures. So it's always great when that level of investment uh, pays off. 
Well, it, it really does feed back to you that the communication that you have with your motorists and your suppliers um, offers that reassurance that you are reliable, that you can be depended on, that you are safe and they don't have to worry. They can just come here and access whatever it is that they need. And uh, I, I think that's the highest compliment that we've had so far here. And looking after so many key workers um, who are working in the labs here in Bridgend, um, we're right next door to Pencode, which is mm. where all of the COVID-19 testing kits are, are being produced. Uh, we have huge labs in the area where the testing is taking place. Uh, we have large hospitals in the area, which obviously employs an army of NHS workers who are all working on the front line. And then on the other end of the scale, I have enormously vulnerable clients who yeah. still need to access cancer treatment. And we need to be able to accommodate both groups of people safely and mm. also keep our team safe as well. And how, when you have had that period of enforced closure, if we want to call it that, um, how do you pick yourself up again and how do you start telling that story or that your story to, to, to customers that you have all these measures in place, that you're safe to do business? I note that you uh, mentioned that you've been active across all forms of social media, including TikTok. So you've really gone as far and as wide as possible to tell, <laughs> tell as many people as possible that you're, that you're open. And that, that's, as you said, you're monitoring the website traffic, but um, that's very sort of forward thinking to sort of make sure that every social media platform that you're over communicating as much as possible. I think getting the message out of what we're doing, how we're doing it, and also being humble, asking people for advice. We're all learning together. And we've taken that feedback from, from our motorists. We've taken the information that has been made freely available from our suppliers. Uh, we've used uh, the suppliers that we've bought specific kits for the pandemic. Um, we've used their advice as well. Um, we're not here to say we know everything and we know how to do it. Um, taking uh, all of that information in and deploying it and then taking the information back in again, I, I think is the way to communicate that with everybody that you work with. And that then in turn um, increases the reach, especially through the digital sphere. And you mentioned on an interview in Radio Radio Wales yesterday that there has been some disruption uh, in the supply of parts. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, you know, we've been enormously fortunate as an industry um, to have the advantage of just-in-time stock, uh, and we, we use that through our motor factors. So you can order a part and have a selection of, of brands and qualities to choose from and have it arrive as quickly as within 30 minutes. And at the moment, you know, sometimes we've got to wait until next day. Uh, our motorists have been very understanding with this, that everybody is working on, on reduced manpower. We're all finding new ways to work. Some people are working remotely. Um, there were a couple of kinks in the way. Uh, we have a um, motor factor locally who um, suffered flooding. And then the pandemic happened just as they were getting back on their feet. So they found this whole experience particularly difficult and that has affected supply. But I think we are getting there. Um, mm. The next challenge now is um, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You're dealing with 
human beings and human beings have responsibilities outside of work. One of those responsibilities are, are caring responsibilities, whether that's the elderly relatives or, or for children or anything like that. And we're in a, a huge period of uncertainty. And it's not helped, I think, with the um, different applications of, of uh, scientific advice throughout the devolved nations. And so if you've got a, a company that is operating nationally, it must be enormously challenging to accommodate um, the different needs of operating in, in England as to operating mm. in Wales or Scotland. And this is then going to be impactive on part supply because um, that attention is diverted elsewhere. I think we'll ultimately all arrive in the same place eventually. I, I don't think it's going to be um, that disjointed for, for too long. Um, but I, I do wonder if um, the UK car park has reached its peak. Um, I, I do wonder if new ways of working, uh, a more blended approach to working, so not 100% working at home or 100% working in an office, how is that going to impact how we use our cars? Will every adult within a household have a personal car? I mean, it may go the other way. Um, we may see an increase in the use of personal transport um, if the public fear using public transport. Um, so it could go one way or another. And here in the aftermarket, we also have um, the, the new car aspect. They're all coming back online now and we're not sure if there's going to be anything around scrappage or anything uh, that is going to impact the, the use of an older car. Uh, there's the environmental concern. Um, should new cars be designed so they are easier to repair? And that could be a boon for us or it could be a curse for us because would that encourage, as we are an unregulated trade, um, if cars are easier to repair, does all of this expensive kit that we've invested in uh, become redundant and then everybody becomes home mechanics again? Mm. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of change in play in, in our yeah. industry. That was part one of my interview with Hayley Powell's from Avia Autos. If you tune in next week for part two, we'll be discussing customer supplied parts and what is the most popular service or product from uh, the garage at the moment and throughout the coronavirus pandemic. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all your comments and thank you for your questions, which we will be discussing with Hayley next week in part two. Thank you.